what kind of super heroic action do you like to see? Uh, you know, there's cosmic stuff, there's street level stuff, but beyond that, there's, you know, the characters who use their brains, the characters who use brawn, who have amazing skills and techniques, who have amazing powers, or are just super smart, uh, and they can do all sorts of different things. Uh, I really do think I prefer uh, a blend of both, because I'm a little greedy, I guess you could say. This is MJ. I love comics, and right now, I want to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man, issue number five, where he fights with none other than Doctor Doom. It was written by Stan Lee. The art was done by Steve Ditko. And S. Rosen did the uh, lettering work this time around. Seems like they keep switching out letters, which I find kind of interesting. Uh, the cover is cool. It is very much an encapsulation of all the different stuff that happens. Uh, the splash page, um, they kind of fake you out because they show, you know, a fake Spider-Man question mark or the other Spider-Man. And there are technically two men in Spider-Man costumes this episode, but or this issue, but it is by no means like another Spider-Man, which I find uh, to be pretty funny. So, while um, in the video version, I'm still displaying the uh, title and uh, splash page or the cover and splash page. I want to let you know that uh, this was a really fantastic issue. Um, it, it's a muster. Like even if you didn't. Uh, if you didn't listen to any of my other recommendations and read all the other Amazing Spider-Man comics thus far, and even like uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, which I thought was really, really good, uh, I would say you could just skip those and, and check this out, because um, it has a great balance of the drama in Peter's life, um, uh, his life, his school, um, and then him as Spider-Man, even something to do with him, uh, you know, trying to work and earn money to to help support him and Aunt May, and that's pretty interesting. I, there's, there's like a, a funny little, um, like, plot hole or, you know, retcon type thing uh, in here. It, it, it's less that they add something in to, you know, retroactively fix the continuity. It's more that they kind of ignore the continuity, uh, which is pretty funny to me. I, I don't know uh, who the editor was at this time, but, you know, they weren't keeping a, a too, too tight a ship on this, which is funny because uh, at the very end of this issue, um, there's an announcement that because of the overwhelming support that Spider-Man has been getting, I guess they got a lot of letters and postcards and things like that, um, that they were going to go ahead and uh, or move the title from being a uh, every other month title, uh, so you know six issues a year, to being a full-time uh, you know one issue per month title, which is uh, pretty cool, and uh, I can kind of see why, and I, I don't know when that came in. Uh, I almost wonder if uh, they had known that he was having overwhelming support and um, or for a while, like before they r made this issue up, and then they decided, hey, let's throw Doctor Doom in there, piggyback off the Fantastic Four, and you know try to really launch Spider-Man as legitimate, and we'll have a little note at the end saying, hey, you like this guy so much, this is an amazing issue you caught. Well, good news, you can buy 12 of these a year instead of six of these a year, and give us even more money. Um, and, you know, like I said, they decided to spring back off of the uh, you know, big Doctor Doom special. Because when I saw Doctor Doom as issue 5 of Spider-Man, I was shocked. Because I mostly know Doctor Doom through by reputation, um, you know, being the Fantastic Four's arch rival or whatever main bad guy they fight and stuff. And then a little bit of Doctor Doom from, like, the, uh, the crossover back in the Secret Wars, you know, the cartoon version of it with Spider-Man and his show. And then I used to watch the Fantastic Four cartoon as well, and I rarely remember seeing Doctor Doom. Um, but, you know, who knows how many of the total run of that show I actually watched, so a little hard to say. But um, anyway, that was all basically uh, just to kind of set up 
uh, how shocking it was to me uh, that they were, you know, having Spider-Man run up against Doom in his sixth uh, issue, um, and that uh, uh, I, I do think it was perhaps a play to go towards something bigger, uh, you know, which was the launching of his, uh, you know, full-time title airing or you know being published every single month, which is you know, a big deal. Alright, so that was all a very long setup. Uh, now I'm going to start getting into the nitty gritty. Uh, there were some key takeaways I had that I wanted to discuss. Um, one of them is, you know, the art is of course fantastic, but I really think uh, Ditko's getting a, a feel and a groove, getting into a groove for like what the Spider-Man art should be. Um, I really like one of the things he does, which is like use of deep shadows. Um, there's this one panel where Peter's in the dark and he's using his spider sense to navigate around the basement because he pulled the plug on the power to get out of the house without Aunt May knowing. Or, like, he had to make up a legitimate reason for it. So, anyway. Uh, but, like, there's just blues and blacks and then a little bit of white for his spider sense and, the you know, the thought bubble and stuff coming off of him. But it's really a really nice look. It's a very iconic. I love that half the Spider-Man mask covering his face thing, which they do multiple, like, I kind of think they do it, like, on average, you know, one and a half times per issue so far. And, or, you know, one time per issue, really. Uh, and it's, it's good stuff. I like it. Very effective. Um, but when I, uh, asked the question at the, at the top of this, uh, uh, whether you prefer heroes who use brains or bronze or whatever, uh, I kind of uh, gave you a false choice there because I'm going to go the third way and say what I really prefer is heroes who are uh, all heart. And uh, I think that um, you know, Spider-Man definitely qualifies as that. And uh, when I was bringing up the issues that Peter's having you know, with his classmates and stuff um, that are so, like, such a big deal in this issue that are you know so much in the forefront um there's this whole thing where dr doom actually and this is you know the major spoilers throughout but it's a really great issue you should definitely check it out um dr doom captures flash thompson because flash thompson in an attempt in <laughs> an attempt to scare peter parker uh who has decided to hide the fact that he's spider-man by uh being negative towards spider-man publicly um he gets a Spider-Man. He gets the girls at school to make a Spider-Man costume that looks like, you know, it's like 90, 90% the same as, uh, as Peter's. Um, and then he dresses up in it and he's going to uh, jump out and scare Peter and, you know, kind of rough him up for being, you know, mean to Spider-Man uh, because Flash Thompson is a huge Spider-Man fanboy. But uh, Doctor Doom at the same time has built a device that will like hone in on the spider sense, I think is what it is. Um, because he was able to communicate much like uh, Chameleon was able to do. Um, Dr. Doom was able to communicate with Spider-Man via uh, the spider's instincts or spider sense, whatever. And uh, apparently that has its own radio frequency, which these guys were able to determine and, and uh, you know tap into. So he uses it um, to track down Peter and of course, because or Spider-Man and because Flash is dressed up as Spider-Man and he's next to Peter because he wants to scare him. Uh, Peter sets it off, but then Flash is the one who's nabbed by Doom, and then <laughs> Doom calls out the Fantastic Four, uh, because he, uh, has Spider-Man as bait now, and he wants to, you know, lure them out and kill them, uh, of course, because there's enemies, and, uh, Peter, uh, gets a call from Liz Allen, I think, and, uh, part of him would be thrilled, uh, and you even see this awful grin on his face at the prospect of letting Flash die, <laughs> 
of uh, you know whether the Fantastic Four rescue um, him or not. The you know odds of him you know getting killed by Doom are high enough, and Peter feels content with that for a few moments. He indulges some of the you know, darker aspects of his personality or of his his heart really, um, and he wants to uh, let him be. And then this is actually one of the panels where Ditko does the uh, Spider-Man mask on half of his face. And the, you know, Peter side has this, you know, kind of <laughs> depraved grin on his face as he's imagining life without Flash Thompson, you know, mucking everything up for him. Um, and then he actually, uh, on the Spider-Man side, uh, you know, his moral, uh, you know, sense comes through and he starts talking about how he has to, you know, even rescue a mug like Flash. And uh, I really like that. I feel like, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, it's really the, the heroes with heart that appeal to me most. And the thing about, uh, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man is because he wants to keep uh, his life as Spider-Man a secret and, you know, protect, you know, Aunt May and whatever, uh, both from the knowledge of who he is and, you know, he's, he's you know, taking pictures. And there's all these reasons for him to have a, a thick wall between Peter Parker and Spider-Man, which is, you know, why he's insulting him or um, coming out against Spider-Man as Peter Parker uh, when he's around other people, um, because uh, the uh, the guy is developing this other persona, and I feel like the Spider-Man uh, is kind of the best part of, of Peter. He puts so much uh, good into him. Um, in, like I said, he indulged, uh, you know, this awful thought of, of letting Flash get killed um, so that, you know, things would change, so his fortunes would change. But then, of course, you know, the part of him that's Spider-Man, uh, which is a phrase that they've used um, in a previous issue, uh, won't allow that. And, uh, gosh, I think it's something, it's interesting that uh, after being bitten by that spider, Peter Parker has become something else. He's become someone else. He's become Spider-Man. And how much uh, that affects uh, the way he lives his life. And it's interesting because uh, thinking about this, this would be uh, about, I don't know if you would call this five months in or six months in. Uh, I'd say probably closer to five months uh, that the comic had been running. Um, but I don't know what uh, length of time is supposed to have elapsed in Peter Parker's life. Obviously, it's not, you know, a full school year. And uh, they didn't say we that you know the, it starts in September or anything like that. So I don't know you know how close is he closer to 15 or 16 at this point? Is he closer to being a what would that be a sophomore or a junior? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but it's interesting that uh, the growth and the changes that we get to witness in uh, Peter as he continues to be Spider-Man and just how deeply that affects him in his personal life, even as he's trying to keep up. Uh, this wall between these different aspects or dimensions of himself and I don't know I just really uh, like the duality and like Batman or uh, I don't know most other superheroes has never really appealed to me like I think it's neat that the Fantastic Four get to be public heroes um, but I don't uh, like I, I don't have strong feelings either way um, about heroes keeping their identities secret um, or not uh, and I don't have um, I guess I haven't given it much thought, but in reading these issues, and I don't know if it's because I'm you know, so much an adult or in a different stage of my life than before uh, through checking out things or you know, <laughs> enjoying other hero media, uh, I don't know why it's never impacted me. The only time it's really ever felt uh, strong was in uh, Greg Taylor's 
um, Red Panda series. There's an episode called Duality, and there's a couple of other things. And it's pretty early on, like within the first 20 episodes, I think, um, where Red Panda and Flying Squirrel uh, kind of wrestle with the fact that they have a duality. Because one of their villains, uh, like, actually develops like a split personality and becomes two different people and stuff like that. Uh, and they kind of, you know, compare that to themselves and wonder if they're uh, going off the road, off the rails, and like, you know, getting out of check. Um, and I thought Taylor did a good job ex examining all that, but that's, you know, 50 years after, you know, Spider-Man would have started to expound upon it and analyze that. And, like, I don't think Lee is consciously um, trying to delve into the depths of Peter Parker's psyche at this point. Um, and because of the Marvel method where Lee would delegate or, you know, give broad notes to Ditko and Kirby and other people. And then they would do the art, and then he would kind of fill in the word bubbles and everything, the captions too, uh, after the fact. I don't know if, like, I don't know if that came more from Ditko uh, or if that came from Lee, and I don't know which one of them said, you know, yeah, Flash gets in trouble, uh, and Peter has to rescue him, or Spider-Man has to rescue him, but then, you know, who included the detail that uh, Peter should enjoy the idea of Flash maybe, you know, not making it? Um, but regardless, it's interesting. Uh, and I just like all the, gosh, I like all the detail and all the depth that can be in these stories. And it's just, it's a single panel with two thought bubbles and, uh, you know, the Peter on one half and Spider-Man on the other. And, you know, I was able to, to really think about it and talk about it for a long time. And I just think that's, uh, I don't know, some of the magic of comics. I'm pretty sure this note is from Lee, but like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is 22 issues of action. No, like 21 if you 20 if you uh, discard the splash page and cover they're like 20 pages of spider-man action in this comic and i think about uh gosh eight of them are all set up for the story uh or for the you know big fight between dr doom and spider-man and uh it's funny there's a note saying like now this is the longest introduction to a story you've ever had but believe me it's going to be you know the rest of the issue is going to pack such a wallop that it will be well worth it and uh, I thought it was kind of cute that <laughs> that was called out, but uh, it didn't feel like a long setup, uh, or at least I didn't struggle through it um, because uh, everything I was seeing was just so darn good and so enjoyable that um, I didn't really have any issue with it. But it is funny to me that um, I just reviewed um, Spider-Man Bloodline issue two. That's the J.J. Abrams, Henry Abrams, or Bocelli book um, with Benny Parker in it. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh i just finished that one uh i did a review of it last week and when i read it it took me i don't know 15 maybe 20 minutes at the most whereas i felt like i was reading this issue for like an hour <laughs> uh i was walking around holding my baby and uh reading so i wasn't like focusing the whole time and i was reading i mean it's not that i wasn't focusing but i couldn't like just read because i had to you know, worry about the logistics of holding him and i was reading out loud and stuff but um, one, reading it out loud was a ton of fun. And two, uh, it's, it is, it does strike me as interesting how dense or how much more dense, uh, the pages, uh, all are. Most of them have six or nine panels on them. Um, very few have less. Uh, I don't think there was even a, a double page spread in this one, but the action was still really fantastic. I'm using the guided view and the app cause I'm looking at it digitally. And uh, I don't know if the going through guided view makes me go more slowly through or if it's just how dense these older comics are or what. But I just I really love it. And I, I enjoy being able to luxuriate in uh, each issue that I read because there's just so much there uh, 
to enjoy. And uh, what was my larger point? I'm not sure. I guess my point is how enjoyable these old comics are. Um, I really could probably spend like a half hour, an hour talking about them, like going over several pages, even not synopsizing, which I really don't like to synopsize. But uh, hello, plane. Um, there's just so much good stuff that it's uh, it's really enjoyable. Um, oh, uh, getting back to the brain versus brawn thing that I started with, uh, there's a great bit of uh, both exhibition of strength and uh, smarts that we get to see from Spider-Man uh, and the fight between him and Doom really is worth the wait uh, if you were you know slogging through the the setup of the story which I like I said I definitely wasn't um, but if you were the payoff was or to me really is incredible um, they have an amazing fight uh, I'm gonna show barely any of it here because you should just read it yourself because it's so darn good but um, Peter uses or Spider-Man uses all these different techniques with his webs he makes uh, a couple shields for himself, a column. He uh, makes these exploding balls of web fluid uh, that he kind of like throws like a mace. Um, he makes a reference to like copying a technique from uh, the Human Torch. And uh, man, it's just, it's so good. And Doom has all these uh, traps set up for him. It, seeing his appearance here, since I haven't really read any um, or much Fantastic Four, uh, really makes me want to get in. Get uh, into them like as soon as I possibly can uh, which you know, I'm in control of that so I guess I can make that whenever I want um, but anyway very entertaining fight uh, I love how smart Doom is and uh, like he's definitely smarter than Spider-Man uh, but um, Spider-Man's no slouch you know when it comes to intellect uh, and uh, with his spider sense and his strength too he's pretty much all around like a great uh, a great person to take on anyone and it's amazing to me that he basically single-handedly defeats Dr. Doom. He doesn't really defeat Dr. Doom. It's a really close fight. Uh, at the very end, Doom almost gets the drop on him, uh, but something happens, and uh, just one last spoiler, even though you should really check this out, Doom flees the fight, but uh, Spider-Man basically beat him. He, he at least held his own, and um, that's pretty great because he's one guy versus the whole Fantastic Four who takes on Doom at a time, and I think they like barely defeat him, but again, I, I don't really know. Um, but it's very interesting you can have this one guy who matches with four people and then you have one guy and he fights you know another guy on his own and the two of them are basically uh, evenly matched although there's a really cool line in there about um doom being an older more experienced uh fighter or combatant or whatever and that how much that helps him to almost defeat uh spider-man because uh it's true and i, I like that they're giving deference to uh, you know, an older gentleman slash uh, they're pointing out how a youth would be disadvantaged when going up against an older opponent. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here because I really do want to keep these uh, a lot shorter than they've been. I imagined that these would be five to ten minute reviews and that ten minutes might be padding it, but it's it's pretty easy to just talk and talk and talk about these. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might go ahead and switch. I was going to do the first full year or first 12 issues of Spider-Man, maybe even go up to 14, because I think that's where a certain <clears throat> green and purple foe comes in. But I kind of think, uh, I feel like I'm missing out. Based on this issue, I feel like I'm missing out not checking out the other uh, current Marvel comics. So I think I might go through and just uh, follow, I think it's like Mike's Amazing World of Comics or something. He's got a list. Uh, this fellow has a, a, a piled, or a piled, uh, assembled a list of all the different publishers what they published on what dates and you can go through in history basically and discover all the different uh, or not discover but you can see uh the release schedule for all the stuff you know in every month and every year and i think i'm going to follow that through and check out i was going to go all the way back to like namor 
and the original Human Torch and stuff, but I don't know about that. Kazar, but I don't know. I might sample that, and uh, I think I'm going to hold off on that. I think I'm going to go back and start with Fantastic Four from 1962, or was it 61 was the original, the issue number one of Fantastic Four. I don't know. Either way, I'm going to go back there and start, and um, I'll pull in, uh, like, Astonishing Tales and something suspense, whatever has Hulk and uh, Iron Man and Thor in them, because those guys are, you know, Marvel, you know, early heavy hitters. What about Ant-Man? Anyway, I'm going to do a little bit of research, but um, you can expect a, a shift away from Spidey to including all these other guys, and uh, I'll probably just go to... Anyway, I don't want to belabor that, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, thank you for sticking with me. Check out MJ Munoz dot com for more of my work i'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee or you can buy uh, merch from my redbubble store swinging through comics can be found on youtube itunes google play stitcher and mjmunios.com slash stc relevant links are in the show notes if you had a good time like and share this subscribe ring that bell to catch me next time i'm swinging through comics